Welcome to The Out Agenda, coming to you on archive.kpfk.org. I'm Rita Gonzalez. We have an upcoming segment of Radio Q Glue, our monthly segment. And today will be Eduardo Archuleta and Mario Novoa and myself. We'll be discussing topics in the LGBTQ plus community. Eduardo and Mario, here we are again. It's another month. So much has gone on. Where do we start? I mean, it's been crazy. The world has gone crazy on us, or should I say, well, the world has gone crazy, but here in the good old United States, it seems like we keep going backwards. Mario, you're you're among a lot of younger people, I should say, because you're you're a teacher. You teach you teach in high school and you also teach in the college level. Is that correct? Correct. My background is working in education on the admin side, and then uh, since 2017, teaching. And it's been a a mixture of the two. So uh, I was an administrator at the Los Angeles Film School. I also was uh, doing some marketing administration at CalArts. And the last college I was at was uh, Columbia College Hollywood. And I was involved with college students and high school students there. And then most recently, I've been teaching virtually in Chicago. Um, and what I've been teaching is multimedia production. So the, the ages go between 14 to 18 and, for the high school and then 18 to about 25 for the college. So there's a different cohorts, different mentalities, different approaches to teaching um, and and what I teach is multimedia production in connection with any issues having to do with the humanities, uh, current events, current issues, mental health issues, civic oriented issues. Um, so we try to implement in the programming something that's meaningful um, and current for them. And obviously, young people, you have to meet them where they're at. So uh, I'm middle aged, so I, I definitely have to figure out that in the conversations that I have with my students. Wow. Okay, that uh, opened up a lot a, of questions for, for Eduardo uh, and myself. I was just going to say, well, that's that's pretty broad, that area that you cover. And then with you're saying that they're pretty youthful. Uh, I imagine they bring a lot of enthusiasm to, to everything. And, and um, just something that you mentioned um, that in working with youth is some of the youth that you're working with now it's more concern than enthusiasm because I think, I think you see you see the enthusiasm just by the fact that they're participating, but they want to feel like they're being heard and that they're being guided. Because if you remember your t- your young adult years or your adolescence, you're just all over the place, right? So when you have somebody identifying what their concerns are and if they're being heard then it's easy to figure out as a as a coach as a mentor as a teacher how to guide you know young people but you do have to figure out where it is that they're coming from because my perspective is not theirs and they have vast differences in opinions when it comes to especially mental health now with everything that they're being bombarded with and uh, so, and and this 
younger generation is a lot more open to topics and people in terms of culture, in terms of gender identity, in terms of politics. They have been affected. You know, if you look at the news today, you'll see that, you know, millennials were affected by 9-11, a housing crash, um, political upheaval. And then you have uh, the, the new generation dealing with a lot of multimedia bombardment, but the mental health component, you know, that it's taken a toll on them. And um, there's a lot of economic instability. So, you know, what they talk about definitely has to do with some of that. But, it, you know, it, it depends on what ty- what level of education they're at and what type of what you're teaching them. So my my area is super, super focused in terms of multimedia production. And I try to get them centered on research development and then the production stages all the way to the delivery stage. And there's grading a part of that. So it's it's very challenging for for them, but I'm really happy that most of them get it. They know media, they know the vocabulary, they know the effects, they know, you know, how to use media to convey a message. And these are different regions too, but they have the same concerns. Uh, or or not because it depends on where where you're at. Like Chicago, it's do they have the same concerns that they have that say in Riverside? Yeah, California? I would. Yeah, that's a good point, Rita. I think uh, in Chicago they're dealing with violence. They're dealing with a lot of drug issues, and I think that's per- really really perpetuated a lot by the media for good and bad. And so I think there's just always with mass media, there's always a heightened you know, issue that they have to raise, especially through news. We, my, the last cohort of students that I had in in, um, the spring, we worked on a project where they were creating a profile video for their community. So we hear all these negative things about Chicago. And, and so our, our program was designed to like, let's flip the narrative, like, tell us what you see within the blocks that you walk to, to go to school, to go to church, to go to the store. Tell us what is unique about your your community, what, you know, your what little area that you live in. And so they they conducted the research. They found out who, who you know, famous people that lived there, um, landmarks, um, how the city was formed, um, what kind of cultural events are happening on a weekly basis, what you know, what other things that they're, they're a part of that mean something to them. And they created like a five minute profile video of their neighborhood. And it was great because it really does counter that whole negative uh, aspect of Chicago. And to your other question, to the other part of your question, people here in California, you know, I was at Menifee, California yesterday where they're, de- in, they're really close to the Temecula school district where they're dealing with issues having with, you know, conservative, woke agenda kind of things that they talk about. Um, And so they are putting students in positions that are pitting, I think, teachers and parents against each other, and it's becoming very divisive. Uh, There are some students who have identified in a certain way in the LGBTQ Q identity spectrum. And so they're being, you know, if they share that at school, the school board is having them report that to uh, the parents. So there's this, there's also banning of, of books and not teaching what's in the FAIR Act, which is a California law to 
teach um, humanities and uh, ethnic studies in the curriculum, and they're not they're not teaching it. So students are reacting to that. So I, when I was there at um, Mount San Jacinto College, the Menifee campus, they the students were sharing with me that walkouts are happening. Um, they're doing protests. They are countering what's been in the news about the T- Temecula school district and or parents are controversial. So students are responding. They're organizing. They're, they're, they have their their finger on the pulse of what's happening in their community and they're, they're getting involved. So that was really encouraging to, to hear. And, uh, and I expect that they're going to continue to do more of the work. Um, part of what I was teaching yesterday was how to develop something like what we do, right? This podcast, this, this program, they're learning to, to capture stories from their community and they're going to be interviewing people in their community to tell their story and um, hopefully put it in a podcast form and, and release it to the world. That's really cool. And that's good to hear because, you know, if you watch mainstream media, you don't hear those types of things. You hear the, the big stuff. But, you know, Southern California is pretty broad. It, it's, it's pretty vast. And, and I, I do understand that you can't put everything out there. But at the same time, this stuff is really important, and it's nice to see that the next generation is, is concerned and is out there and is and is voicing that concern and and participating. I'm I'm way older than you, so I I go back even further than you, Mario, and and it's nice to see that that generationally these all these things continue and and that people still want to be heard, want to be accepted, and and. You know, and, and they're out there, you know, making their voices heard in in, in cool and, in you know, ways that we would have never thought of back in, in the 70s and 80s. And um, yeah. Well, but, but guess what? The work that you, Eduardo, you and, and Rita and Lydia, who are part of the show, you guys were in glue and they just watched your film and they were really inspired by your stories and the work that you did, and they they asked me at the end of my uh, my workshop, they're like, "Well, how do how can we find out more about glue? Because we haven't been able to find it." I said, "It's coming. People are working on an archive, and they will be able to hear, listen, and read some about some of these stories on the at the archive." But people are listening to the from the work that's been done in the past in the community, the development of community building. Um, these young people who are, who are inclined to do so are getting involved. They feel that they are that they want to do something. And and as somebody who's middle aged, who's who is a teacher, an educator, I always tell them I'm like a conduit, and I'm transferring energy and messages to you because our older generation they they're moving on to getting to a different age and they don't have the same energy or maybe even the same interests anymore. So you guys now have to carry that torch. And so it, it, my message with them is empowerment, whether it's, it doesn't even have to be about protesting or getting involved politically, but moving the needle forward for our country, our society, our community, that's the things that they're going to have to be doing in order to make progress and always, you know, because I'm involved in the humanities, it's always about empowering and, and enriching the community. So, there's, you know, there's a lot of that that I think in terms of how you communicate with young people is that 
we all should be empowering them and supporting them in a lot of ways, if not by words, if not financially, then um, in other ways that, that they need to learn leadership skills and community development. And I mean, the list goes on and on. Well, it's good to know that, well, I'm, I'm happy to know that uh, the, uh, the excitement is there, the energy is there, because I think a lot of us got complacent because a lot of them were born with these rights and now they're taken away. Whereas we didn't have the rights and we were trying to get the rights. And then once we got the rights, they they were born, this new generation. And uh, I'm not saying they took it for granted, but it was there. It's just like to go get a book at the library. There wasn't a big controversy if I want to get the Grapes of Wrath. Now you can't even get the book. And it's like, it's that's kind of scary in its way. It's um, So I'm glad that they're not being complacent and, and they're fighting for to get what they had. I like what you said, Mario, about being the conduit for like um, the the old viejitos like us, Frida, I, and Lydia, and then the younger generation, and, and you're kind of there in the middle of, of that. And uh, I think that's fantastic, and I think that's a great role. Um, and 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 it when you were talking, it kind of sparked something in me that said, you know, well, what what can we do to help? younger generations move forward and and know that they have our support and they know that that type of stuff. Yeah, they need guidance in terms of organizing and communicating with people. And you know, with any type of organizing, you get a group together, there's going to be conflict, right? So part of my workshop identified how to harness leadership skills, like who's good at putting the schedule together, who's good at getting the money, who's good at getting the talent together, who's good at writing, all those components, not every, not one individual can do, you know, those, that, that person is very rare. But people like yourselves who have been in this community engagement process for many, many years, I think it's, a, it's good for you to teach that, to impart that wisdom and knowledge and experience in a way that becomes tangible for them, right? We don't want to get in front of... Um, young people and, and tell stories because all they hear is like, uh, when I, when I went to school, I walked three miles in the snow to get, <laughs> you know, that's what they hear. So it has to be so tangible at their level. Like this is how you do this. And this is how you do that. I think that's a way to help. But Rita, I think you were talking about some of the things that are happening worldwide and some of the things that are impacting LGBTQ issues around the world is this revisiting of rights that have been given and can be easily taken away, like things that are happening in in Italy, right? Italy has passed a lot of laws that now are breaking down the family the way that because they had allowed gay marriage and that one of the partners could adopt a child so that it was a blended family legally, and now those rights have been taken away by the new uh, administration. And so there's there's a lot of things happening there. There's obviously 500 bills across the country in the U.S. that are anti-LGBTQ in some way or another, uh, either banning books or uh, preferred name status or recognizing individuals. Like there is a suppression 
there is a small group of well-funded, loud people who are getting their way. And so part, I think part of what we're trying to do in the show is educate people what's happening in the community. Like uh, one of my quotes yesterday was like, if there's a tree that falls in the forest and nobody's there to hear it, you know, can you hear it? Well, if we don't record it, if we don't put microphones there, people who are involved in media and then sharing that, then no one will hear it. And so we have to be constantly doing this kind of work so that we can provide some context to the community and to our listeners that there are people who are active. There's not just the mainstream media that's giving out information. That's just one component. There are a lot of people who are involved in their communities. And it's also, I think our responsibility too, is to give them resources. Because some people want to do something, but they don't know where to go. And I think resources are very important that uh, that we share. And then they can decide what they want to do. That's why I, like, I encourage people to vote. I'm not telling you how to vote. I'm just encouraging you to vote. You have to have a say. Everyone has to have a say. I may not agree with you, but at least you had your say. And then we'll fight later. <laughs> <laughs> And you know what? And I shared this with my students yesterday, and I really hadn't put two and two together. When I was as a producer of LA Queer History and Unidad, I wondered what my role was in my community. It really got me thinking. And my husband loves to complain about our community and what's not being done and what needs to be done. And so I put up the challenge to him, like, okay, we need to do get involved. Like, Either we're going to donate some money, give some money to to a cause, or we're going to just jump in there. And we decided to participate. So we got involved with the Democratic Club. So we've been knocking on doors and meeting our neighbors. We have been in different communities in our area. And uh, we also ran for delegates for the California Democratic Party. All this happened within like eight months. Like It's been an incredible amount of time that we've spent organizing and getting educated while, you know, working in tandem with that, because we're brand new to this. But I was really inspired by what when, what the members of, of the Gay and Lesbian Latinos Unidos did, um, and Lou, and the conferences that, that were happening. And it just made me feel like, maybe I'm not doing enough. And maybe I'm in a place now where I can do that. Maybe my, my mind is a little bit more focused. So I hope that people are challenged in that way, that in order to make and create change, you have to get involved. And getting involved doesn't necessarily mean you have to go somewhere because some people cannot leave their house for various reasons. But with modern technology, the world is yours. You can now meet people through different various uh, resources. And, you know, whether it's a video call or a telephone call or, or a chat or something, uh, your voice can still be heard. Yeah. And I, and I talked to an educator recently and they said, you know, we're afraid. We're afraid in our community because we feel like we're targets just by what we're teaching. Yeah. And, and I said, well, there's the digital space and you can hold online forums and you can curate, you know, who comes into the forum and you can you can have teaching, you know, if you can't teach it at your school, 
And if you're afraid of putting certain programs on, then there's always the digital space. And that's where everybody is anyway, right? They're on their phones, they're on their social media. So we just have to create more, more, more content to, to get people involved in some way, even if it's at home or having virtual sessions or writing, writing a blog, recording podcasts. That's, it's, it takes a, a community and we're not a monolith, right? If LGBTQ, the LGBTQ plus community is not a monolith, our allies are not in a monolith. So every individual and in every different community across the country, they're all doing different things. And, they're, and it's very similar. We're all learning from each other. I learn from you guys all the time. It's, and that's what you do. You learn from each other. No one knows it all. And we find out various information from each other and we share. And that's and that's the, the main thing is about the community. You talk about when we used to have conferences, but we also had just just gatherings. Sometimes just a gathering. You don't have to have a particular topic, but it's just getting together, sharing your different philosophies. And, and I think that's important too. Just go out there right. and meet people. Right. I, I'm in the middle of trying to figure out and I want to have in-person events. So I'm putting together in-person events and I'm putting together a, a social mixer of different people from the, you know, LGBTQ community and then also allies. And then I'm going to do like a brunch. I'm not sure where it's going to happen. I'm not sure how we're going to serve the food, but it's going to be an LGBTQ plus history brunch. And I'm going to do that monthly so I can get people in a room talking and being social and like learning something. So I'm an educator and I have to, that's just my, what I do, but that's my way of doing and contributing because it's, it's the easiest thing to do. And I like being in, in, in a group of people. So I encourage everybody else to do something similar. I like that. And again, I used to be one of those, those social people that enjoyed going out and like Rita said, a lot of the stuff wasn't always formal. It was informal gatherings and the sharing of ideas. And from that, a lot of things arose. And uh, that was that's really cool. And I, and I commend you for your wanting to do your, your monthly brunches, if you will, with topics and, and themes and history. And that's also something that, that people can do out there and, and, and invite folks and, and set up these these forums, if you will, to to discuss current events and, and and then from there, who knows, maybe maybe come up with ways to um, go forward and, and promote a, a better understanding among people. Well, that was one of the things that Glue used to do is we'd have the spontaneous brunches. In those days, we had a phone tree. We just call a bunch of people, hey, we're meeting here for brunch. Come on over. And then by that, we things just happened. We just started talking and then say, Hey, why don't we do this? This sounds good. Okay. Let's get together and do it. It was just spontaneous. It wasn't an organized meeting. It's just a bunch of people getting together over a couple of margaritas and menudo <laughs> and just, <laughs> and just coming up with something. And that's how sometimes it happens, right? It's just so yeah. organic. Everybody wants to break bread and have yeah. a margarita and then ideas come from that or yeah, you know. I just love those salsa and chips. Well, okay, so let's we'll, we'll work on some resources, and if people have resources, that please send them to us. We'd love to hear it. And uh, want to mention also the documentary is now 
It's going various places. It's on uh, PBS. You can just... Right. You can stream it on the PBS streaming app for free. You just have to download it to your smartphone or your smart TV. Or if you have broadcast um, capabilities like cable, I think it's screen- it's it's playing for the rest of October nationwide. So anybody who wants to even look at the film on their browser, they just go to their PBS, look up PBS, look for Unidad Game Lesbian Latinos Unidos, and you will find the film and you can stream it for free. You were just in Georgia, weren't you? Uh, Gregorio, the director, was in Atlanta. I was with Roland in Santa in Montecito at the Pacifica Graduate Institute, and we were with PhDs and uh, therapists and psychologists, presented the film there. And we were also at the Santa Monica uh, History Museum with Outwards uh, and presenting to that community. And then the week before, we were somewhere that I can't remember anymore. It seems like we've just been doing a mini tour presenting to different communities. Uh, yes. So. so it's not just the Los Angeles or Southern California area. You've been going beyond. That's correct. So uh, anything, information that you need to share before we go? No, I, we, we have the Glue Archive. The Glue Archive website is up and they are, they being... Uh, Maria and uh, Elias uh, are working on establishing more information on the Glue Archive. The website is G-L-L-U-A-R-C-H-I-V-E.com, gluearchive.com. And they can find out, you know, more information about the story. Unidad also has a website called unidadmovie.com, where you can find out information about the people in the film, a little bit about the history of Glue. Um, at some point, I hope that those two websites will be connected and um, there'll be some synergy there for information. And then uh, I think they have a contact at the Glue Archive. They have e- an email address. Okay, the email for the Glue Archive is info, I-N-F-O, at gluearchives.com, G-L-L-U-A-R-C-H-I-V-E-S.com. Well, Mario, Eduardo, it was great having this conversation, and I look forward to more conversations and having some guests on to talk about some of the things that are going on in the Latino gay community. Or I should say Latine LGBTQ plus community. We have so many acronyms now. I'm just going crazy, but. But it's good because we're becoming more inclusive. That's right. No, it's true. It is true. But my little brain can only handle so many letters. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. Once again, it's been Radio Q Glue with Eduardo Archuleta and Mario Novoa and myself. And we do want to hear from you. Tell us what you think of Radio Q Glue or The Out Agenda and the kinds of interviews and stories you wanted here. Like us on our Facebook page or follow us on Twitter or email us at theoutagenda at gmail.com. I'm Rita Gonzalez. Thanks for listening and have a wonderful week. And remember that being out is the first step to being equal. Now stay tuned for This Way Out. <laughs>